If you're struggling to make putts, good news. Number one, there are concepts and solutions that you can implement today. And number two, you're not alone. Everyone feels that stress and anxiety over a two-fitter that you know that you should make. It's just too frightening, or for some reason, we just don't talk about it. Well, not for us. Let's figure out how to get you making more putts. That's why I'm interested in anyway, the fact that it's probably one of the most susceptible to pressure, even though it should be one of the easiest things to control. So usually anxiety and other negative emotions happen because we feel that we can't control outcome, whereas we should be more confident over putting just because it should be simpler. I'm Dr. Mark Wilson. I'm an associate professor in experimental psychology based at the University of Exeter in the UK. You're listening to the Golf Science Lab. I'm your host, Cordy Walker. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a bonus episode. We're in between season two and season three of the Golf Science Lab, but I wanted to get your putting on track this season. If you enjoy this, make sure to go back and listen to season two of the podcast on the brain and psychology. And we are hard at work planning season three of the podcast in our next virtual summit later this summer and in the fall. You can look forward to that. I can't wait to share the details with you. So make sure to join the Golf Science Lab Insider List so you stay up to date on everything. GolfScienceLab.com slash insider. But let's get into our conversation here on putting. Uh, today's guest, Dr. Mark Wilson, is going to talk about something called quiet eye. It's a concept that comes from Dr. Joan Vickers, a research from Canada. Check it out. So what I'm, as I say, what I'm interested in is how does the body process the visual information, convert that into a motor program, run that motor program accurately and do all of that under pressure. So this measure of quiet eye seems to have, it looks like a nice efficient measure that allows us to assess all those things that I've just said that I'm interested in. And here's our first study to really understand the impact this has on performance. So what we do here is we get people to wear eye tracking equipment. So it tells us, it enables us to see what they're looking at while they're putting. And then we can see how disruptions to the way in which they control their eye movements affect the way in which they control the putter and ultimately how accurate they are with the putt itself. So we've done a number of studies that have that have looked at that. And I, I guess what I'm interested in is that we can see already that experts compared to novices have longer quiet eye duration. So this means they look at the ball for a longer period of time during the, 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 the preparation for the stroke, during the actual the full of the stroke, they don't move off the back of the ball. And then as they hit the ball, they often just keep their gaze there where the ball was for a split, you know, a couple of hundred milliseconds before lifting their head up to look at where the ball went. So what we find generally is that experts use that technique and novices have a much more scattered eye movement plan. They, they don't keep a focused gaze on the back of the ball. They sort of let their eye movements jump around. They might follow the putter as it's moving and they often start looking towards the hole before they've even made contact with the ball. So there's been quite a bit of research out there that shows those expert novice differences. What we probably have done more than what most people have done is that we've started looking at well, what happens under pressure. So even if you're good, when you miss what happens, and we ran quite a cool study that looked at um, 
single handicap golfers. We used 50 of them and we got them to perform a shootout study whereby they putted from on a putting green from five feet, nice straight putt, and just repeat that putt until you miss. And we put them under pressure by giving them some financial incentives and also by telling them from their pre-trial that their putting actually wasn't as good as we expected for a single handicap golfer. So we gave them some pretty mean, non-contingent feedback and got them to think, oh goodness, I'm not doing that well. We also told them that the people who performed worse in this test, we would interview them for a potential TV program that we were doing. So basically what we wanted was the people not want to do badly, but also be motivated to do well because the, the top performers would get money. So there are obviously some pretty big differences between how experts and novices use their eyes when we look at this this quiet eye approach putting. And we can make a few assumptions here that novices don't have as much confidence. They aren't sure about the technique and are still trying to figure out how to read greens. So they have all this conscious processing going on compared to an expert. There's less to worry about because they've built and developed these skills into something that they don't need to actively think about. So they're more relaxed. They aren't trying to figure all this out. But Let's add some stress and see what happens to the expert golfers. Okay, so so they off they go and they putt this putt, they just keep going until they miss. And we had golfers, the, the worst score, again, these were single-handed cap golfers, was three putts. That's the least you can do. You have a first putt, a second putt, and a third putt. That was the least that we would let them get. Uh, one guy went on and putted 236 consecutive putts, but the average was about 30. But what was interesting was that when you compared the first putt, to the second last putt. So the second last putt was the last putt they hold, and then obviously the very last putt that they must have missed because that was the, the whole purpose of the trial. We could see this big drop in the quiet eye duration, their ability to keep their focus tight on the back of the ball dropped on the putt they missed compared to the, the putts they hold, which we looked at only the first and their, their last hold putt. Um, and what we also saw that was interesting was that not only was the quiet eye duration shorter, but it was the part of the quiet eye late on. So basically that meant that when they missed, they started looking away from the ball before they completed their, their swing. So they, they didn't maintain that steady fixation all the way through contact. Um, and we suggest that this is, you know, one of those simple tips, which sounds like, duh, look at the ball as you putt. But, you know, it's interesting when we put on the eye tracker, we can see that people... Novices very rarely do it anyway, and even good golfers, when they miss, it seems to be that this is one of the things that breaks down, which then causes them to miss. It might seem like simple advice, but time and time again, I've seen these seemingly simple things have the most depth and impact. So don't just shrug it off as something that wouldn't work for you. Uh, And here's a great explanation if you really want to understand why. So if you want to create less chance of missing, it would be a good idea to maintain that focus on the back of the ball because especially under pressure when your attentional systems are are all being distracted anyway because that's what anxiety does anxiety makes us more distractible so it's harder for us to maintain this focus when we're thinking about the outcome because it's important to us when we might start thinking about our body and how we how we might want to make the putt when we might start being more distractible to external conditions all these things are fighting on us while we're still trying to maintain this goal-directed focus on the back of the ball all, all the way through the putt. So we've, we've now got some hard evidence, as it were, that this seems to be what happens when people miss. And after this quick break, we're going to look at a scientific approach to a good putting pre-shot routine. Stay with us. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast and the Golf Science Lab website, you're not going to want to miss the Unlocking Performance Masterclass. These are all the sessions, all the presentations from the last summit that we held in April of 2016. We brought in the leading psychologists and coaches who talk about mental performance, practical concepts to help you unlock your best game, unlocking what you already have and really helping you understand what are you supposed to be thinking? What are you supposed to be doing? What does mental game actually mean? That's what we're talking about with the leading experts in the field. Check it out at unlockingperformancesummit.com. You're not going to want to miss it. Before we talk about a great pre-shot routine for putting, let's talk about how the eyes have an impact on the entire body. Because I think it's something important. Because if we can work on foundational elements, then all these other issues seem to resolve themselves and self-organize. So let's look at this first domino that we can knock over to solve a bunch of other issues. We've done a a couple of training studies where we've got people to follow a a quiet eye intervention where we just tell them to focus on their gaze. So these are novice golfers who've never putted before. They might be aware of golf, but they don't have a handicap. They've not really played any organized golf. And what we get them to do is we give them a series of instructions which are just focused on their eye movements. And then another group, we would give a set of instructions that were based on Dave Peltz's um, guides to to putting. So they weren't bad instructions, but they were about how you actually execute a putt in terms of what you do with your hands. And what we found was with the group that we taught just to focus their eyes, we saw differences in not just eye movements, but they had reduced cardiovascular activity. So we got this sort of deceleration of um, their cardiovascular rhythm in the five seconds preceding the putt. So we haven't mentioned relaxation, we haven't mentioned anything to do with that, but just by getting their eye movements right, they got this reduction in cardiovascular output, which means, yeah, more calm. We also measured muscular activity on their left forearm. We got a big reduction in that in the five seconds preceding um, putt compared to the control group. We also got um, differences then in the way in which they controlled the putter. We measured their kinematics as they were putting, and we saw a more expert-like putting stroke, smoother, less jerk. And finally, they had better performance. So what I would say is that when you train your eyes to do something, that is, it's, it's a way in which your body gets a chance to sort of self-organize and do what it wants to do, pick up the information, get the attentional systems all directed the way they need to be, and then just execute the putt. So I think there's a lot that can go on with just training your eye movements. The other interesting thing when you say, is it about the mind or as well, is that, you know, in terms of our mind, No matter what women might tell us about being able to multitask, you know, the brain likes to do one thing at a time. And if we can give that one thing to it by saying, focus on the ball, this is important. If you look at that point in the back of the ball, that's where your putter needs to hit exactly in the middle of your putter. Let's just get that right. Worry about the rest. It stops your mind maybe wandering, thinking about the outcome, thinking about how important this is, thinking about how you get to, after this, shake the guy's hand and go, haha, beat you. You know, you're not jumping into the future. You're keeping it right in the present where you can keep control. So although it's a very functional technique and it's related to getting your sort of bodily systems all lined up. Does it work for expert golfers as well? Definitely. 1.92 putts better to be exact. But we did a study with low handicap golfers where we trained them and again they performed better under a pressure test compared to a group that didn't get the training and what I guess is really interesting to us as golfers is that we got them to take putting stats for 10 rounds before they came to the lab then we tested them in the lab and then we asked them to get keep putting stats for 10 rounds after 
And the interesting thing was the group that got the quiet eye training, also they um, shaved 1.92, pretty accurate, two putts per round off their cards, off their putting cards, whereas the, the control group showed no change on average um, between pre and post the intervention. So not only in the lab where we actually had the eye trackers on, we could measure what they were doing and how they performed in a pressure situation, but also when we just let them go out and record their putting stats on the course. So I guess the interesting thing is we've got some evidence, and it's only some, to suggest that this sort of training actually can make you a better putter. And if you're a single handicap golfer and you can shave two putts around, you would take that. So finally, let's get to developing a better putting routine for you. A solid routine that takes into account all of these things that we've learned today. Well, we do develop a full routine often, but that's generally because in research, you want to make sure everything's as consistent as possible. So a lot of what I would say about a a pre-shot routine would be whatever everybody else says about pre-shot routines, you know, it's keep it consistent. But my main thing is we, we focus at the very end when you're over the ball. Part of it for me is like, as a psychologist, a lot of what I would say is you don't want to wait too long. So it's not that you don't want to be hanging around. I find that a lot of especially average golfers, they follow the routines that the pros do. So they check every bloody line of the putt. You know, you're you're playing a golf with someone that's sort of reading it from four different ways. Then they step over the ball and make a shocking putting stroke. So my, my main thing when I'm working with most golfers is go, well, let's get your putting stroke is give it as much chance as possible of being good. And we can do that through visual motor control, what I'm talking about in terms of the quiet eye. And that should make you feel more confident. You'll make a good putting stroke. So in terms of all the stuff you do in advance, a lot of that is personal preference. What I would suggest is when you're standing over the ball is to take a deep breath, push your breath out. It's basically just for relaxation. Make sure your putter grip is light. Then take the the hard focus on the back of the ball, laser-like focus, pick out a dimple, pause until you're ready to go, and then swing, make your putting stroke. But the whole time, all you're focusing on is that dimple on the back of the ball. Just switch the mind off. So I usually say about focus with a quiet eye, execute with a quiet mind, you know, just, just switch the brain off, make a putt. And as you're looking at the ball, don't look up as you make contact. And I often say to golfers to just give a quick rating out of 10 of the quality of the putt they think they've made and then look up and see how you did. So a lot of my pre-shot routine really only kicks in when you're standing over the ball. What you do before that, you know, is pretty much a lot of that's up to personal preference. I'm interested in making sure that golfers give themselves the best chance of executing the putting stroke that they want. And unfortunately, anxiety often disrupts that. So... I love that approach. So let's just recap a few things to make sure we're all on the same page. Number one is we want consistency. We want to consistently take the same actions and do the same things. Number two is breath. When you're standing over the ball, take a deep breath and then push it out. Number three is focus your eyes on a dimple on the back of the ball. Number four is clear your mind. Simple to say, harder to do. We've talked about mindfulness in the past and, and having a having a process around this. Check that out. Dr. Joe Parent was a past podcast. Number five, reflection. Before even looking at the shot, give it a quick rating on how you think you did. And so those are five really crucial things to remember about your pre-shot routine. And definitely go out and play around with the structure and see what you need to implement and what you need to do. Now that you have this, feel free to pause it. Write it down because it's all about taking your best game to the course and part of that is you actually have to implement this so make sure that you do that 
If you want more, a deeper understanding of why the eyes are so important, check this out. We know from other research, not anything to do with sport, just about body movements and control, visual motor control. We know that, you know, most of our evolution was about getting ourselves visually guided around a world. You know, we use vision a lot now for reading and things like that. You know, there was no symbols when we first were, were you know, in the Paleolithic area, you know, so it's not a surprise to think that as, our, as we evolved, you know, the parts of our brain that were controlling vision were linked to parts of the brain that were controlling motion. And that means that the, the central nervous system has probably evolved to use that information to be accurate. So that's why I think there's this, this natural idea that if we get our eye movements right, the body will look after itself. And I think in terms of how we should putt accurately, that that is important. But then also in terms of our attentional control and giving people something that they can focus on, you know, something that, that, that's in their bag that they know is a toolkit. I always think that if you tell someone, look, can you hold that putt? Can you make sure that you get your putting stroke absolutely perfect so this will go in the hole? That's quite tricky for someone to say yes to. If you say, look, all you got to do is get, keep your eye focused on the back of that ball all the way through the stroke. Can you do that for me? Do you think you can do that? They'll go, yes. It gives them a sense of control. It takes some control back. It gives them a sense of, yeah, I can do that. And then, you know, that is the way your body wants to putt anyway. So it makes sense to do it. And that's my view is that it, you might as well be doing this because it gives you the best chance of being successful. And by taking some control back, you're not sort of living it on that. I hope I get this putt. I hope I get this putt. This putt's really important. This putt's really important, which is what, you know, is how we often fall into that practice if we don't have good attentional control. So I think not only is there the visual motor control that's important, this is the way our body likes to work. Not only is it a way of getting all our attentional systems and beating off distraction, that's another good thing. The final thing is, as a human being, it's nice to think we've got control over something. So if I say, look, just make a good putt, make a good contact, look at the back of the ball and land the putter back on that point. That gives somebody a sense that, yeah, I can do that. That's all I need to do to be successful here. I don't need to worry about what's going to happen next. I'll just focus on the moment, do this right, and hopefully that will give me a better outcome. And that is a great place to end this episode on putting. Thank you so much to Dr. Mark Wilson for joining us. You can get more info on him and a book he co-authored here. I've got a book I'm written with um, Paul McCarthy, which was uh, about... Um, golf psychology and my particular slant on it but again it wasn't all about the quiet eye it was again about it was written actually as if you were playing around around the jubilee course in st andrews and it was called around in my mind and it was written by myself mark wilson and paul mccarthy and it's available on amazon and as i say it, i think it's a different sports psychology book because it was written as a story so basically we wrote it as a sports psychologist walked around the golf course and it was a jubilee course in st andrews uh with a five handicapper and basically we just played 18 holes and we the situation evolved and we talked about the issues and we tried to bring it back as if it was real because this is how when we work with golfers that's what we do we walk around 18 holes things happen Join us in the Golf Science Lab Insider Club. Make sure to head over to golfsciencelab.com slash insider. Get access to the content first. Stay up to date on everything that we're doing in the process of documenting golf science. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker. And this is edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Publish Productions. We'll see you all next time on the Golf Science Lab.